Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is the match review. Newcastle were beaten 3-0 by Brighton at St. James's Park. As the opportunity to win the first two opening Premier League games for the first time in 23 years disappeared. We'll hear from our Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder, Kieran Kelly and soon head coach Steve Bruce. All that to come on this episode of Everything Is Black and White Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Everything Is Black and White Podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and we're here to review Brighton's 3-0 victory over Newcastle United. For Magpies fans, that good start against West Ham seems a long way away now, doesn't it? If you watched that like we did, you would have been left with your head in your hands Grateful that the scoreline finished just 3-0. The goals came from Neil Morpey, who had two within seven minutes. Alan St. Maximum bringing down Tariq Lamptey in the box after just a couple of minutes. Uh, a little bit of debate whether you know it was a penalty. St. Maximum did get a tour to it, but in my opinion, he does go through uh, the young full-back to get to the ball. It was a VAR check. It was ruled that the referee had called it right. Morpey put it down the middle. Good penalty. Uh, the second goal came seven minutes in. Trossard, again, down that Newcastle left. So easy. St. Maximum really struggled with his defensive duties. Um, and, and it was it was just awkward to watch in many stages. Lamptey, Trossard really, really punishing the likes of Lewis and St. Maximum down that Newcastle left. The cross came in and Morpé able to put home again from about the penalty spot. Good little finish. Dollar did get something to it, but it... It ended up in the back of the net. Again, another VAR check there, but Trossard ruled onside. And Newcastle, did never, they never looked dangerous. They never looked like threatening. They had one chance, which Callum Wilson headed over from a Miguel Almiron cross um, early on in the second half. We'll talk about Almiron because he didn't start lots of debate to whether he should have started ahead of Carol Steve Bruce has addressed that. You can over to Chronicle Ad to see what he says. We'll talk with Kieran Kelly about that in a moment as well. The third goal came later on in the second half. Aaron Connolly able to, to control the ball in the box and place home into the corner. A pass Darlow, defence all over the shop. A good counter-attacking performance there for that goal by Brighton, but Newcastle's defence was poor. The space that Neil Morpey was allowed to travel to assist the goal was, it was laughable. It really was not good. And lots of debate whether Steve Bruce got it wrong whether the formation, the setup was wrong. We'll talk about that as well um, as we get on into the show. First of all, we hear from Lee Ryder, who was up at St. James's Park, and this is what he made of that performance. Well, I think like, a lot of people have probably went into this game with that strange feeling of uh, being optimistic, and uh, usually it turns out to be uh, a bad thing when it comes to Newcastle United. You kind of get lured into it a little bit, and let's be honest, Newcastle today never done enough to get anything out of this game, there's no doubt about it. They started horrendously, conceding a penalty so early and you know, before you knew it they were two 0 down after seven minutes. And then they really had a mountain to climb. And then, you know, did the players not just have the answer, but did they have the right sort of temperament to 
try and just get the foot on the ball and calm things down a little bit and try and regain that bit of flow that you know they lacked from from the offset but they couldn't and they just got frustrated and their answer to try and stop uh, Lamptey from from Brighton was to just try and kick him and you know I think that that never ends well Newcastle picking up a, a number of yellow cards going for that tactic he went off before the hour mark but even then the game was gone and it was it had slipped away from a long time before then and you know never mind with 33 minutes left with Lamptey off the pitch Newcastle didn't have a shot on target in the whole 90 minutes um, they did try and get Wilson in a couple of times Shelby got Wilson in, in the first half uh, but he got tackled taken out by guess who it was Lamptey again he was all over the pitch he was fantastic um, but we're, we're here to talk about Newcastle and really the big worry now for me is, is that by the time that game finished there was £81 million worth of forwards on the pitch and as I say they couldn't find that shot on target Wilson did have that header that that went wide I'm, I, he will be disappointed with that there's no doubt about it um, but of you know four home debutants you know not one of them really had a decent impact and despite the drawn board the game was finished off with a well taken enough strike by Connolly but you know I have to be honest it could have been six or seven today for Brighton it was a worrying display um, as I say maybe a false sense of security after winning at West Ham and then going into that that League Cup game yes it was a a lucky performance in a way and they got through but again you know false sense of security you think fine face up to Brighton now and, and see see how things pan out but Brighton were much the better team no excuses uh, Newcastle now head to Morecambe in the League Cup there'll be more changes for that game but realistically after three Premier League games well Newcastle be they've got Tottenham away next and we all know what's been going on there in the last sort of 24-48 hours uh, it'll be very difficult and hopefully getting through the League Cup will, will be a bonus in between but overall Newcastle have got to really dust themselves down and uh, take a look at themselves after a poor display against Brighton and hopefully they can at least put in a, a more spirited display at Tottenham next Sunday. So there you have a view of Lee Wright and he mentions Tottenham there next weekend who of course beat Southampton 5-2 today. Really solid second half performance from Spurs with Son on fire and it's going to be interesting not only to see how Newcastle get themselves back up from the defeat here against Brighton but get themselves ready for that Spurs game knowing the firepower, knowing the, the good feeling that's a, amongst the Spurs camp but also the Newcastle have got Morecambe on Wednesday in the League Cup and another one they're going to have to get ready for and it's likely to be a changed side but I tell you what, after today's performance would it surprise me if Steve Bruce went into the dressing room and told those out playing today, some of them, that they need to get back out there and, and prove themselves and show the fans that you know they're better than what went out today? Just my opinion. Who who knows? One of the things that did stand out, and Lee mentioned there in his bit of audio, was the fact that Newcastle lacked any threat in front of goal. Brighton had six shots on target, which was the same amount as shots Newcastle managed across the whole game. Newcastle had no shots on target. Them six shots I mentioned were ones that went wide. Callum Wilson's header, for example, went over the bar. That was Newcastle's really own cha- only chance. It was the only time that Brighton's defence went astray. Callum Wilson 
failed to punish Brighton for that. And I think nine times out of ten, that's in the back of the net. Castle bought him because he finishes them with his eyes closed usually and he just wasn't Newcastle's day. Look, he's a good striker and yes, Newcastle didn't have any shots on target. It's not Wilson's fault. In many ways, just like it wasn't Jalinton's fault last season, you've got to get the service to him. Callum Wilson is only as good as the passes which are coming to him and he was very isolated today. Maybe that was to do with the formation and set up. Almiron came off the bench Ryan Fraser came off the bench and things looked a little bit better. There's a piece online now that pinpoints actually Almiron's induction was very positive. You know, Newcastle he managed five key passes through the whole of the game and three of them came from Almiron, who was only on for 45 minutes, including that cross to Callum Wilson. In fact, out of the 20 attempted crosses that Newcastle made throughout the whole game, only two were deemed accurate and they both came from McGraw Almiron. So maybe we'll see a change where Almiron maybe replaces Carroll against Spurs and that might benefit Callum Wilson. Ryan Fraser, like we say, did come off the bench for Alan St. Marksman just after the half-hour mark. And his induction was quite positive, a little bit more running, but again, he was kind of shackled by the defensive duties that the wingers needed to have to counteract Brighton's, uh, you know, Tariq Lamptey was just going forward at will. Brilliant performance by him. We'll now hear from Steve Bruce, whose verdict of today was brutally honest, but for Newcastle fans, I guess, you know, we don't want to, they don't want to hear words, they want to see actions. We've kind of heard Steve Bruce be this honest before when performances haven't gone Newcastle's way, when they have lost um to large numbers. I suppose the benefit or the I suppose not the benefit, but the, the reaction to those games last season we saw Newcastle react really well. So fingers crossed they can beat Morecambe and, and go and give Spurs a good Good go, and we know how they can they can perform well against the, the top sides. They tend to do that. So, yeah, here's Steve Bruce's verdict. Well, when you when you start like that in any game of football, um, let alone at this level, then unfortunately you're going to get you're going to get punished, and it's going to be one of them and turns into one of them awful afternoons. You know, we changed at, at half time and had a bit twenty minutes after the after the restart and had a chance, but let's be fair with. I'm clutching at straws if if I'm thinking that might have made any difference. But it was um it was a difficult, difficult afternoon, which obviously when you get off to a start like that against a very decent Brighton team, then it was it became one of them really awful afternoons which we have to accept and try and put right. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything is Black and White podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thank you very much for listening. So there's Steve Bruce speaking after the game. And as you can hear, his reasons there for why it didn't go quite to plan, just didn't give themselves a, a decent chance right from the off. And when you concede a penalty that quickly, you can kind of understand where he's coming from. But I think fans will be questioning a few other decisions, the formation, the setup, the approach to the game. And, you know, I've seen also other quotes from Steve Bruce talking about getting back to basics. So, you know, we've heard that before as well, and, and, and it usually does work. But I suppose how many times are we going to hear the word back to basics? Uh, you know, Newcastle will need a good performance against Morecambe. And bearing in mind the performance against Blackburn was absolutely shocking. Then I don't know how well or how much hope Newcastle fans are holding out for for that EFL Cup 
game on Wednesday. And then obviously, like we mentioned, Spurs absolutely rampant against Southampton today. Steve Bruce did confirm that Sir Maxman picked up a knock on his ankle. That's why he left the pitch just after the half-hour mark. And Jamal Lewis as well. He's got a nasty face injury. Um, the, now, Steve Bruce said that they think they're having abrasion to the eye. If you didn't see the injury, he got a rather nasty boot to the face by Bazuma. It was something out of WWE. If you remember Shawn Michaels back in the day and Switcher music, plenty of gifs knocking around Twitter um, of that. It was a it was a full on boot to the face, not malicious. Bazuma got a, a sending off after the, the referee did a VAR check. And it did leave um, a nasty mark on Lewis and he had to leave the pitch. He didn't come back onto the pitch for the final two minutes or so. So Steve Bruce is going to have to wait and see what the damage is with both them players, both potentially key players for Newcastle going forward. And two players you would expect to be crucial to the reaction to this game going forward in the next week or so. We're now going to hear from our Newcastle United writer, Kieran Kelly, who shares his verdict on what happened here at St. Jim's Park on Sunday afternoon. Ewan, another dodgy performance by Newcastle. We spoke after the game against Blackburn and uh, we kind of said, OK, it wasn't their first team. Maybe, you know, you can excuse what we saw a little bit. Today, it was arguably their best team out there. And yeah. it was a, it was a, a dire performance. You were questioning which side was at home, which side has the better players and, and Brighton fully deserved victory. Yeah, yeah, no no question. I think... Um... You know, it's it's one of those performances where you know there, there's absolutely no there's no comeback. I think the players and staff would, would be the first to recognise wasn't good enough. It's just frustrating when a performance like that happens because, as fans, as journalists, and what have you, you you know the Premier League is obviously a tough league. Anyone can beat anyone. That old cliche, but to lose three nil at home to Brighton. Um, to really just not start right. I think that was the thing. It, you know, yeah, you, you go behind, but um, just Brighton just looked that bit sharper, that bit quicker um, from from the kickoff. And um, they they got in even before they, they got in for the penalty, you know. And uh, to concede two goals in seven, the first seven minutes is, is poor. And kind of those powers of recovery that we've associated with Newcastle, they just weren't really there today. I always felt... Brighton were the likelier to score and um, Newcastle just looked a bit flat and um, I think you know it, it's it's one of those like I was saying last time you know we, we try not to get too high when they win we try not to get too low when they lose there's somewhere in between but you take these two performances eight days apart uh, in the Premier League and um, it's it's quite striking really how the system you know it was, it was pretty good against West Ham yeah, the West Ham had the crossbar a couple of times, but you know Newcastle carried carried their threat. Whereas today they didn't really carry a threat at all. And most worryingly for me, just how flat they were in midfield and defensively, they they really weren't at it. And um, I think the hallmarks we associate with that team being resilient, being hard to beat, and they're anything but today. And whatever about not getting a win today, you know they've never beaten Brighton in the Premier League to to not get anything from the game particularly with the games coming up, you know, they play Spurs, Man United, Wolves, Everton, uh, Burnley as well coming up, you know, th- these two games, you know, it's Newcastle don't tend to win the opening two games, but, you know, they could have made life a bit easier for themselves if they got their, their act right today. 
Um, but whereas now they're going into those games and already you can just feel the pressure uh, ramp up and that's how quickly it can change here um, as we all know so um, I think the the game on Wednesday is obviously important against Morecambe but he's going to put out a change team but it's how they play against Spurs next week is going to be really interesting So did Steve Bruce get the formation wrong today a lot of talk about Miguel Almiron and whether he should have started in place of Arnie Carroll and Steve Bruce after the game he's used the word hindsight quite a few times and he seemed to suggest I don't know how you interpreted but I, I kind of he seemed he said it would be, would have been unfair to not start Andy Carroll after last week and a few people have said well kind of in professional football there isn't any room for that kind of sentiment it's it's about what works against the opposition do you think he got it he got that decision wrong today or did he get the formation wrong not necessarily the personnel I don't know how are you feeling about his his team today yeah, it's, it's a tricky one because I think he'd, the way he's expressed it probably isn't what he meant, perhaps. You know, I think he, what he's probably trying to say is the team that delivered that opening day win that everyone was obviously pleased with, he felt kind of a loyalty to give them another crack wife. You know, what's the phrase, fixed that ain't broken or whatever it is. Um, but equally, you know, I personally, you know, uh, would have liked to see Almiron in there. I think what probably he had half an eye on was Brighton obviously have a six foot four centre half and a six foot three centre half in Dunk and Webster. And then Ben White, I think, is about six foot one. And I don't know, was he thinking to have Carroll in there? But anytime as good as Carroll is in the air, if you ping 10 long balls up to him, he's not going to win all 10 when he's going up against those three. Um, no one can, you know, <laughs> they're they're monsters. Um, if you had Almiron's pace, and yeah, I, I think for me, what they they needed really was just that extra body in midfield because it just looked like Brighton had an extra man all the time. Uh, they had three at the back, they had the two lads sitting in front of the back line who just swept up, and the wing backs were the difference today because they just had so much joy. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it's such a balance. You don't want to adapt your formation kind of literally every week because you don't get a run of consistency. But equally, I think Brighton, Brighton's system and West Ham's system and the way both teams play is very, very different. And Newcastle don't need a reminder of that. I think you saw two games against Brighton last season, particularly the home game, which was actually a year ago. We all know what Brighton do. They pass the ball about. So really, you're probably thinking counter-attack was the key today. Or if you are trying to play four four two, that you impose yourself from the first minute. If you play two strikers, it's it's pretty rare in the Premier League now in a four four two. Anyway, if you're going to do that, you have to impose yourself from the first minute. And really, once Newcastle went behind and then went two 0 down, um, having having two strikers, it just it was just a bit flat, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you'll get most people agreeing with you on that one, Kieran. Let's have a quick look at Newcastle's left-hand side because they really struggled against Tariq Lamptey and Lennard Trossard on Brighton's right. So Maxman, before he went off with the injury, really seemed to struggle defensively. And as mentioned, he chopped down Lamptey early on for the penalty and Trossard got the assist for the second again from United's left. And most of the threats seemed to come down that flank. What did you make of it and, and, and the man of match performance of Lamptey? I think he's he's a, he's oh, it's not a secret, is he? He's one of the most exciting right wing backs in the Premier League, and um, I've no doubt that they will have clued up on him. You know, I, even a neutral watching Brighton knows that they get a lot of joy with the wing backs, and um, 
he just felt that Sam Axman wasn't really at his, at his best today. He got that knock early on, and I think it, it's one thing for him to track back, but you, you saw kind of his defensive limitations exposed and giving away that penalty. You know, he gets the wrong side of him, and I suppose he panics really. Um, and yeah, it's. I'm even trying to think of when Lewis and him, you know, they're so good going forward against West Ham because they're pushed back as well. This is the good thing Brighton did because they had those two lads going forward all the time. Newcastle couldn't really get out and they were pushed back. So it had a knock-on effect on them getting forward. And yeah, yes, yeah, it was just so obvious, you know, every attack for that first 20 minutes, it seemed to be focused on that side. And that's an issue they have to look at. But it's, you know, I thought they... Bringing Almiron in definitely improved that. He obviously had the energy and the work rate and kind of the the mindset to, to help out defensively as well um, in the second half. But equally, you still look at it and think the best chance they had was that Wilson header that went over. They didn't have a shot on target. So um, that's the worry that on both sides of the pitch, they weren't able to offer anything on that left-hand side. Uh, offensively, really, and defensively, they weren't able to cope. So... Um, it's it's kind of almost back to the drawing board because you go against Spurs and you know you're almost thinking is he going to go back to five at the back for that and kind of look to shut up shop and, and try and get them defensively sound and get a point from that um, because for me what I was hoping this season is they would just have a flexibility to play a few systems depending on the opposition I know you can't be reactive every game but um, I think it, today maybe just needed something a bit different to what we saw against West Ham and um, it just once they went behind kind of the game plan went out the window and they never really got going Indeed so how did Newcastle solve it how did they bounce back then because for me I think having the fans there would have played an element today people would have been very positive going into the game They were there was a bit of positivity on social media but that is in no way the same as St James's Park when it's full and it's buzzing, you know, fans excited to see new signings coming in off the back of the win against West Ham, the win against Blackburn in the EFL Cup. And, you know, that early goal conceded, then the fans arguably would have lifted Newcastle on that second goal. Hypothetically, of course, it's all if, what, but, but it probably wouldn't have gone in because of the impact of the fans. And usually when we get a result like this, we, we do see the fans kind of rally the players and the understand you get that reaction. It's a little bit harder maybe to bounce back when you haven't got the fans on your back, when you haven't got the fans demanding more. I'm sure the players know that it wasn't good enough, however. Um, of course, it all comes down to what happens on the training pitch, watching the DVDs back, watching the clips back and the formation and working it out over the next few days. Isaac Hayden said after the game, that's one of the things that needs to happen. Let's get back into training tomorrow and sort it out. But something's got to happen, hasn't it? How did they bounce back from this? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, you look at how good their home form was the first half of last season compared to the second half, it kind of tells its own story. But you, you've probably seen the teams that have really benefited from, I say benefit in the, the worst possible way, by the way, you know, who, who've coped in this situation have been kind of the technical teams like Brighton. Ironically, you know, you look how good Brighton have been on the road. I think they're unbeaten in eight league games. And for a team that finished below Newcastle, um, last season to be unbeaten in eight on the road that, that's pretty impressive and I think those teams that can you know retain the ball um, Man City Arsenal Liverpool uh, you know anyone like that 
uh, Brighton obviously they, they seem to be coping better than the Newcastle have but my argument would be at this stage now um, you know the players for a few months have been kind of playing in empty stadiums and as hard as it must be they have to find that they shouldn't need that motivation to, to win a competitive game or they shouldn't need the motivation to um, to start right from the first whistle and, and I think every player is in the same boat as them so as good as Newcastle fans are and we all know how amazing they are I think uh, I don't think the players should use that as an excuse at any stage really I think they just have to look at it themselves and um, the thing is you know anytime they had a bad result last season they generally tended to bounce back so they have that in them I think against Spurs that's a really good opportunity because we know how uh, much Newcastle can raise raise their game against the, the top sides in the league and they're going to have to you saw what Spurs did Southampton today things are starting you know you look at the feel good factor that Newcastle had a week ago Spurs certainly have that now with the signings they've made so uh, it's, I think in some ways that'll be a good game for Newcastle um, but it wouldn't surprise me it kind of went back to the resilient kind of defensive setup maybe that we saw uh, particularly in the first half of last season because I don't think you can go to Spurs and play 4-4-2 like they did there and come away with anything. So just a quick note, we're now over on YouTube at the Everything Is Black and White podcast. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thanks very much for listening.